Welcome once again to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Change of pace, we are switching over to Spider-Man. This is Spider-Ben, and with me is... The name, <coughs> Andrew, and will you say my uh, name for me, please, dude? <laughs> Web Splooge. Bush, thank you. Yes. We're here, everybody. So yes, Web Splooge and I will dive into <laughs> the concept art for the 2002 Spider-Man movie. Probably one of my favorite, uh, you know, if we count Marvel as everything that's an adaptation of a Marvel character, not just MCU Studios, one of my favorite Marvel movies. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Dude, if it's a Marvel, it doesn't have to be MCU one. to be Marvel movie. Exactly. Blade's a Marvel movie. That's mm-hmm. fine. Yep. There's, there's MCU and there's Marvel. Movies like this one, whether it's Blade or Spider-Man 2002, they needed to exist in order for us to get an MCU in the first place. So... Uh, this For is, sure. This is, yeah, this is definitely one of the ones that created the building blocks, and uh, some would say it has not been topped in live action uh, in terms of this interpretation. So, uh, would we will have dive into Stan this. Lee's metaphors on puberty would have gone <laughs> this far. Indeed. But they did. <laughs> they did. Especially the web splooge part. The web splooge part went quite a ways. Indeed. Got the distance. So I guess before we start, I know that uh, we wanted to dedicate this to a certain somebody. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so um, for those who might have been with us for a while on the show around 2020 or so, uh, we were pretty much helping to promote the GoFundMe for one of our fans. I believe he's the first fan of Superhouse. Am I correct on that? He was. So or one of the Superhouse, first. Superhouse was the podcast before we rebranded to what it is now superhero stuff you should know mm-hmm. there were other co-hosts at the time i've probably mentioned to you there too mm-hmm. well ben knows them but to the audience uh you know you know maddie and joey and everybody and and steph and everyone who became wolfie anyway like uh there was a previous version of this show and he really caught on early to that version of it and he did stay on to the, the incarnation that it is now, but he, yeah, he was like the first like actual fan that I think listened to like every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had random people, just random people we didn't know, but also Matt Herring was uh, from the, just the town over from where I went to high school. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't know him growing up. I met him via the podcast and via Facebook um, you know, after I was already living in LA. So, but we did meet up in person, I think twice. And we did go mm-hmm. to the local comic shop together. Also. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had beers and stuff, uh, not at the comic shop, but after that. And, uh, you know, we had a good time and, uh, yeah, recently he passed away after he lost his battle with cancer so there's that and it's just sad man you know mm-hmm. it is sad yeah um i mean unfortunately i don't think i really got to talk to him um but he uh yeah he was definitely somebody who i remembered as a fan of the show for a while and uh you know it's unfortunate to hear the news on that so we would like to dedicate this episode to him yes we'll dedicate to him and also he is on a couple episodes i think when we reviewed a couple game game of thrones episodes way back i think in the he was day. also on the i remember i listened to the one where he was on about the last jedi and that was fun <laughs> yes yes that's correct so yeah he's he was actually on the show as well and mm-hmm. 
yeah, we just dedicate it to him, and we we had a GoFundMe for him for a while as well on the on the show. Mm-hmm. It just you know it just sucks, man, because he was in remission, he was good, and then it came back, and it's just it's just awful. Yeah. Well, our hearts go out to uh, him and his family as well, of course. So yes, um, you know, thank you, Matt, wherever you are, for uh, supporting the show, and this episode is for you, my friend. Yes, thank you. So let's go on to the concept art that we have. Most of the concept art we have for this is on the main two characters who have costumes in this, who are going to be Spider-Man and the Green Goblin. And with Spider-Man, like, there's only so many different variations you can do with that iconic costume. But the Green Goblin is where I think a lot of the viewers are going to be here for because there's a ton of different variations on, on Goblin before they settled on what we got in the movie. Okay. Um, and I'm sure many of you have seen versions of this. Uh, out there, but uh, we're compiling pretty much, you know, Dan, or I should say, by we, I mean Dan, <laughs> our assistant Dan, who compiles all the stuff, uh, is uh, yes. the one who found all this. So the uh, the first batch we're going to go over comes from Warren Manser, and uh, Warren Manser, if that name sounds familiar, he also worked on Man of Steel and uh, the Snyder okay. stuff. So uh, this guy's been in the game for a while, such so you know, similar to, uh, you know, one of our esteemed guests, Tim Flattery. Uh, who also, by the way, worked on Spider-Man 2. So, you know, if we continue, maybe we'll uh, we'll see what stories he got he has from uh, that movie when we uh, keep going with these. So uh, this is an early Spider-Man costume concept. Um, I thought this was a little interesting because the webbing is a little bit more, uh, you know, it sort of blends in more as opposed to the one in the movie where it's more uh, like silver and, and is like very... Uh, like it's like an elevated webbing in the movie as opposed to this one where it's more, trend, you know, kind of like blends in a little more and it looks more like he's got a black and red suit as opposed to a blue and red suit. Uh, so that's interesting to me. Yes, this is literally just red on black paper maybe with a little bit of white for the eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's very cool. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, yeah, I, I will. You know, for a first outing, though, I think you got to, I guess you got to go kind of standard. But this is a yeah. really cool kind of alternate design. Yeah, I mean, this is still early 2000s. So we're still in the era where, like, they were kind of still a little shy of about going full comic booky. So it's kind of like this is still really, really faithful compared to what we would get in other variations of stuff. Uh, around right. this period of time, uh, but not nearly as faithful as what we got in the final movie, which did have the, the you know the same color scheme. Right. Um, now the the blue is a little bit more like grayish in this one, um, and then similar thing to what I've criticized with bat suits before, like the spider on his chest, you can't even see it on on this version. Is, uh, is he, does he even have it? He yeah he does have it. It's just very hard to see. Like I, I got to yeah. blow it up on my on my screen in order to see it, but it is there. It's more visible on the back because it's a red spider on the the blue and gray, uh, or it looks kind of grayish to me. Honestly, it's just funny, man, because it's like you got a guy in a spider suit, it's red and blue, bluish gray, but they're like, ah, I don't know about that spider symbol on the front. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I know, that right? seems silly to me. <laughs> Everything else is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of the, the era that uh, this was originated in, and it's always kind of fun to look at what they were thinking of. Here's the first Green Goblin that we're going over from Warren Manser. This is a different type of take than what we got in the movie. Um, just overall, not just in the mask. Uh, notice the armor is a little scaly. 
Um, we have an incorporation of the Green Goblin's sort of like purple hood thing, which we don't get really in, in the movie. Right. Uh, but similar to what we do have in the movie is the fact that the mask is kind of more of a stationary mask. Because the problem with adapting Green Goblin compared to, uh, say, some of the other characters is that it's supposed to be a mask, but it's a mask that is all is still like an expressive face. So like it still has to move if we're going to go if you go full faithful to the comics, it still has to sort of move uh, in the same way. And I think that's what they were playing around with. And of course, by the time you get to No Way Home, they're just like, well, why are we obscuring Willem Dafoe's face when we're just going to have him do those scary ass expressions himself? Yeah. Act the just shit look out at of that him. movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. maybe that's what they should have done for this one. But this is what they have for um, the, uh, this is Warren Mansour's take on the goblin mask, which kind of, you can kind of see how this evolves into what we get uh, in the movie, uh, we got the teeth, uh, we got his eyes poking through those eye holes, and I don't know, there's something also a little bit, maybe it's just the, the lines around the eyes that feel a little samurai-ish, but maybe that's just me. Um, I, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking it looks like a European-style goblin more, you know, like a mm, gargoyle yeah. type. Yeah, I Well, you know what, too. though? The teeth, it does look a little bit samurai. This, samurai look, this demon mix of both. Yeah, there's yeah. both Eastern and Western influences in this. Yeah. Oh, and let's not forget the ears. You know, like we have the, the pointy ears as well. They're very prominent uh, in this too. So uh, I, li- lots I of like this. Interesting, cool. This is pretty yeah. cool art. Yeah, this is closer to the overall aesthetic in the comic than what we got in the movie. Uh, even though it's not quite the same as in the comic, but, you know, it's always difficult when it comes to something that's, that's that. It's, it's similar to what we talked about with the Batman Beyond mask. It was just like, well, how would you pull that off in live action? It would have to look super techie. Uh, or the other way, it's just a guy in blackface, which is not going to fly. So it would just <laughs> need, it would need yeah. to look super techie in some way. Yes. Uh, let's see. This is a little bit more pared down, a little bit less of the lines um, on this, and uh, not the purple. But you do kind of get the similar silhouette uh, as we get in the mask in the movie, where it kind of has that big, like, oh, instead of the the purple hood, it almost forms, like, this big cone <laughs> in the back of his head. Yeah. Uh, or big horn on the back of his head or something like that. So, uh, and the eyes look a little bit closer to what we got in the movie, where it's just the full, like, the eyes are completely covered, uh, which, you know, changes out whenever he has the lens go up. Right. This is fine, but I, I think I like the other one more, to be honest with you. Me too, yeah. This is a little yeah. close to what we got in the movie, but the, this one, yeah, I, cool. I agree with you. I like this too. Yeah. Uh, moving further, we get something that's closer to what we got in the movie uh, with uh, the back of it now fully actually painted purple uh, for that horn. Now that I see it here, uh, it does kind of look a little bit, I mean, it, again, it looks more comic booky uh, than what we got in the movie because of the fact you've got that purple there. And it kind of explains a little bit more about that thing in the back. Uh, the way that this mask opens up, though, is unique to this concept art. I don't think uh, it was meant to do that in the movie since it meant, was meant to be more of just a formal mask that he slips over his head. But uh, yeah. this is kind of cool. Kind of feels a little bit foreshadowing of what we would end up seeing with a lot of different, uh, you know, Iron Man-esque uh, evolving into nanotech suits that we now have in the MCU and stuff. So... Uh, it's it feels like this is a little bit ahead of its time. Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, if it if it opened up like that in the movie, that's just cool. I think yeah. that horn is just trying to evoke that the hood. 
Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, but it, it, but it's not a hood. It's just a, it's just a back head of the horn, back head horn, really. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, is kind of how it looks in the movie. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind it. I, I think, I still think, I still think the first one's best. Yeah. No, me too. Me too. Uh, so we got pretty close to what we would end up with the movie with him on the glider with the pumpkin bomb. Um, his eyes glowing green in this, which is fun. Uh, mm. Moving further, this is kind of cool. This is a little bit closer to the comic book aesthetic in terms of the uh, the clothes he's wearing over it. Uh, you can kind of see draping behind him as he's riding on the glider uh, and uh, very creepy as he's going forward in this bridge sequence. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like that one. That's good, too. Yeah, this one's cool. Um, it's got the purple mixed in because, again, they're still playing around with, like, how much purple do we add in? Turns out they don't add any of it, at least in this version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they tried to add it more into the No Way Home version when uh, Defoe came back, but uh, this one. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing about this is the uh, the purse he's carrying. Which at first I'm just like, well, they, that's because he stole it off somebody. But then I realized, well, this is Norman Osborn. He's probably not purse snatching. That's actually probably where he hides the um, the pumpkin bombs in this oh, intended, right. in the intended version of this. But at right, first it just looks like right. he stole a purse off somebody, off Aunt May or somebody. But he doesn't really need the money. Right. Uh, Spider-Man versus Green Goblin. The suit looks over-designed in this case, in this version a little bit. Uh, not as over-designed as modern designs would go, but compared to what we've seen before, it's a lot more techy with the uh, the armor. Or maybe not techy, but it's a little bit of a mix of the medieval. Maybe it's just the way that it's lit here, too, where you just all I see are just a lot of lines on the body. It seems to evoke very like European shit again, just like a yeah. European, uh, you know, like the, the the knights and shit. I don't know. I, I normally wouldn't like it too much, but it's more I look fact, at it actually. The fact that it's yeah. so knighty, it's yeah. uh, I, I almost want to give it a pass, especially if it had that first uh, the first mask that we saw in combination with this. I don't know. I have yeah, to see another, I have to see another rendering. Yeah, or something where the the lighting's a little better because at first it looked dark and I just see a bunch of lines and I just think okay it's too much. But then I looked again and I was like you know what on a different angle or something that's better lit, it might actually look pretty cool. I, I just it's interesting that they really were going for like a super at least for a while like a very European style thing mm-hmm. uh, with that first picture and now you see this armor and look at the boots too you know these yeah. Like, the, the 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 top of the boot near the near the knee here so pointy mm-hmm. to me that reads kind of some country in Europe man I don't know France or England or something uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I, I guess because it's go- goblin is part of European mythology it's probably that but it's just like I guess as an American or something it's just not 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 like my first go to and plus just reading comics and shit it's been distilled so many times over I don't immediately yeah. think of I don't immediately think of like European shit when I hear goblin Mhm Yeah but I it, know that, I know it's where it comes from Yeah yeah exactly like it's it's one where you don't really think too much about it, but I can see how a lot of these times with the, you know, with the filmmakers, they go back to like the very base version of stuff. Yes, like, well, where do yes. goblins come from? So yeah. like that type of stuff I can see playing a role in this. They kind of took a page, I feel, from um, 
Batman 89 when it came to Goblin because of the fact that, like, in, in Wayne Manor in 89, you got that whole room full of armors that, you know, is said to have inspired Bruce to create the armor that he put into the bat suit. And then in, right. in, the, in the Spider-Man movie, the armor itself does come from Oscorp tech, but the mask is implied to come from, because he's got a whole room full of, like, masks from, like, different cultures uh, in that right. room. So right. that was kind of there to establish that sort of thing. So maybe they were thinking something similar with this. We're just like, well, you know, he's he's a rich dude, so he probably collects a whole bunch of shit. And so maybe he's this is just some knight armor that he took off and fit for himself in some way and twisted it in his own, you know, for his own purposes. I think so. I forgot mm-hmm. about him having that room. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen that first movie, man. Um, but it was it was definitely special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it still has that uh, special feeling. I know some people are just like, it hasn't aged well, but I'm just like, if you go in for, you know, if you want that cheesy goodness, <laughs> then this movie has it for you. You know, it, it fully embraces the fact that, you know, this is a uh, this is a comic book, uh, you know, from the Stanley Ditko era spirit is there for sure in this. So Yeah, uh, Sam Raimi was really just perfect, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm directing that. L- would love to see him do another one. Uh, not necessarily Spider-Man. I know he just did Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but, uh, you know, more stuff like that because obviously, like, when that came out, I think more people were talking about his directing than the actual story on uh, on uh, Doctor <laughs> Strange. So That uh, movie, just like a two-sentence sidebar, it, mm-hmm. it was like... We never talked about this in huge detail, did we? It was like slow I don't think so. We did first... a review, but we did didn't we? For, the pa- for the Patreon. For the pa- for Patreon. For the main show. What was cool about that movie was it was like slow for like five minutes of the in the beginning and then it just takes the fuck off. For it the does. Rest, yeah. the, rest <laughs> of the movie, they're at like a church service, or some shit, a wedding or something. And it's like pretty slow, dude. The first five or ten minutes, and then it's just fucking doesn't take a breath after. Which yeah. I, which I was like, damn, Raimi's Raimi's bringing it. I think once Wanda comes in, suddenly it's it takes off. From yeah, what I remember, it's fast. It's yeah. pretty fast and kind of breakneck speed after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, Ra- Raimi directs the shit out of certain sequences that you know in the hands of like someone who wasn't Raimi would not nearly look as memorable or feel right. as memorable. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah, it was uh, good. It was good, man. So we were moving on to James uh, James Carden, uh, who worked on this. This is interesting. I've seen this ever since. I have a copy of the very one of the very first uh, art of a superhero books I had was. This one, Behind the Mask of Spider-Man, The Secrets of the Movie, by, once again, Mark Cotavas, who did the Art of Batman Begins book we talked about when we did the Batman Begins concept art. And I saw this one, and I always thought this was kind of uh, weird, but still cool to see, uh, which is sort of a, like, semi-translucent mask. You can kind of see the face a little bit underneath. Uh, Not something I would want to see, but kind of cool that, you know, to see a concept art for it. Um, so you can kind of see the eyes through the, uh, the eye parts of the mask on this that you usually can't in, in the movies because most of the time they don't design it like this. You can even see his ear um, kind of poking out of that. It's just kind of something that I guess they were trying to figure out or wrap their head around how the mask would work, and so they experimented yeah. with this. I don't think they were – I'm not sure, but I, I kind of feel like they weren't going to make a mask that was transparent. They wanted to s- draw something to show how the head fits in it. Right. You know, uh, mm-hmm. especially like not many people had experience with these kind of eyes probably either. So mm-hmm. 
I don't know. That's the kind of vibe I get from that. Well, on the top left, it says the material they want the material to be hard shell, semi translucent polymer, uh, to and okay. the potential eye color opacity shift. Interesting. So looks like there's some intention for uh, it to be kind of translucent. Again, like I don't really, really know how this would look. Uh, uh, it's kind of wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's 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 one where I'm kind of grateful that we never got it, but at the same time, it's just a, it's just weird to look at this and yeah. see that they were playing around with it. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, here's what's going to interest people because everybody lost their shit when they found out that there was going to be organic web shooters in this movie, which wasn't even the Sam Raimi idea. It was James Cameron, as we uh, talked about in the James Cameron script, where that whole thing was to explore, you know, puberty because of obvious, uh, you know. <laughs> comparisons with the web yes. shooters and uh that paid off really well in that cameron script i thought where uh you know the villain sort of takes advantage of the fact that he has those organic web shooters and tells him he's more of a you know he's more of a creature than a human being and stuff which we never really got in uh, in the raimi movies it was kind of just like okay he's got organic web shooters but he's okay with it and that's about it so uh, but it does look like they were playing around with different concepts for the web shooters. And uh, Dan found a lot on this specifically because of the fact that uh, they were not only playing around with it, but it looks like they, um, there's even more concept here, but it looks like they even built them at some point. Oh, really? Uh, okay. So uh, here's what we got here. This is the uh, E3 prototype, it says here. So basically the prototype on the left is used in... Uh, the Spider-Man 2001 E3 trailer. I'm assuming, I think this is a trailer that was shown at uh, uh, for E3, and uh, a similar prop apparently was sold on eBay. I don't know who to, uh, or if that was just a replica <laughs> of a prop. Uh, right. But the screenshot of the web shooters in the trailer is right here. Not the best quality, but you know it's been a while. I don't think there's an HD version of this, so this is the best that um, you know Dan could find for this, but. There's this, and then uh, an even better look, though, is that in the official trailer, you can kind of see it on his wrist uh, on the left. Notice on the left, uh, Toby's got things on his wrists on both arms, but on the right, which I believe is the movie, uh, he doesn't have them. I guess they were digitally so removed. They changed this that late in the game? Maybe. I don't know. I'm I don't know. I'm surprised if... by that. It could also be a case where they weren't digitally removed, they were digitally added just for the trailer to shut people up <laughs> about this web shooter thing. And then, you know, they, they just kept the movie as is. Because, uh, I don't know. It, it, it Something was built, something was shot to put in the trailer. But also, like, clearly it didn't make it to the final movie. I don't know how far they would have gone just to put stuff in the trailer just to shut people up on the web shooters because clearly, like, it's still in the movie anyway. But uh, it's, it's sort of a mystery. Let us know in the comments if you guys know happen to know the story behind this. All we know is that we have this concept art, which makes sense, but the fact that there's an actual prop that was built and shown in the trailers, that's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I was unaware of that. Uh, man, if they change it that late, that's so crazy. Uh, but I guess so. Are you a fan of the uh, physical, or you want it biological, or you don't care? You know what? I, I've thought about this, and I really don't care when it comes to this because of, <laughs> because of the fact that, like, story-wise, um, you play around with 
the, the main purpose of the web shooters being like mechanisms is the fact that sometimes they can get wrecked, you know, yeah. and like, oh, he's down to the stuff. But you could also just come up with like other reasons why he can't when it comes to the Toby version, you know, or, or other obstacles. It doesn't always have to be, oh, no, Green Goblin broke my web shooters. Uh, so yes, like me, yes, I, yes. personally, I'm not somebody who like it has to be organic or it has to be web shooters. However, like because of the fact that this is so much associated with this movie, I also kind of don't know how I would feel if there was another interpretation that came about with this. You know, like it, it was fitting in No Way Home when Toby showed up and they're like, what, you guys can't do that? <laughs> when he did the organic ones because like he's the only one who can do it. And I kind of yeah. prefer it if he's the only one who can do it. You know, so it's, it, that, that's my stance on it. I was like, I don't really care as much, but I do want Toby to be the main one. So I guess that makes me prefer the like tech web shooters, but not really because of like a much of a principled reason. It's more of just like, yeah, it fits this version of it. So like, keep it with that. You know, it's just kind of like with uh, some of the Batman stuff where it's like, it would feel like, I love the Batmobile that went with Keaton. If that was with every version of Batman, though, I don't know how I would feel because I kind of like the thing about every Batman having his own different Batmobile. Right. So it's kind of like that to me. I don't care too much either. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, I think that the argument that you know, oh, if the physical, they can they can be fucked up, and then what's he gonna do? They like people like that that problem. Mm-hmm. You know, they they want that uh, you know obstacle to be written in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. You know, he could just lose his mojo. Uh, it would, it's like if you spit a whole bunch, you're going to get a dry ass mouth. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. <laughs> like uh, yeah. if it's, you know what I mean? Like he could run out even when it's biological. That too. Uh, so and it's a goddamn spider guy. It's, is it really that out of the question that he can shoot fucking, you know, webs out of his hands? I mean, it would be from his butt if he was a real spider, but <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that because we're having fun with our science and comic books and shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's just funny what people like, you know, focus on. Um, if they are physical, I don't care too much either. I'm not missing organic, but, um, and I, I, I get that, uh, it's more traditional that way if they're, if he's, uh, got the mechanical ones, the physical ones, but, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter too too much to me. Yeah. So I guess we pretty much agree on that one. I remember people were like losing their shit when Andrew Garfield's version was like making his. They're like, finally he makes his own web shooters. I'm just like, okay. Like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spider Man's got so want. many fans, so many comic <laughs> fans though, dude. That's I mean Spider Man's mm-hmm. Marvel's Batman, so like I, yeah, I, get, I, mean, I get their fandom. I don't agree with everything, but I get I can understand their fervency. I will say that if there's that and then, you know, if it was a Batman thing where they brought to life something we've always wanted to see but never did, then we'd be losing our shit. So, like, maybe I shouldn't judge when it comes to that. It's just it's not something yeah. that I personally thought was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. He now makes his own web shooters because I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, it, that was bound to happen with another interpretation anyway. So it's cool that this version gets to do it. But I wasn't like... Like, I didn't have, like, a huge positive response to that. It was just kind of like, all right, sure. The Lizard so. was sick, too. I Again, I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm kind of a fan of the first Garfield one, man. Second one, I can't defend. But the first <laughs> one, 
first one was pretty, I don't know, it was okay, man. I don't know what people took as big a shit on that movie I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Yes. If you guys want coverage on the Garfield ones, let us know. Because, yeah. you know, we've got three or maybe four uh, of these for the Raimi ones. And, uh, you know, after that, there's plenty of other Spider-Man stuff to go over. Uh, so here's the more organic concept uh, brought to us by Carson. Uh, and uh, let's see, or sorry, Carden, and uh, you can kind of see the stuff <laughs> coming out of his veins right there. So mm-hmm. uh, this is another idea of a web shooter concept, kind of cool where the like shooters themselves look a little different um, with it. Almost kind of, it almost looks like a leech that's attached uh, to <laughs> yeah. you know, his, I- his forearm there. I, you know what? I can see, yeah, this is not bad. You know, it's going, it's a little vile thing going in the direction that the webs would be shot in. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's fine, dude. It's cool. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, all right. So, this Ooh. is Cardin's version of this. So, this is a different take on the Green Goblin. Uh, as we can see, it looks like the mask is not fully, uh, you know, covering his face in this one. It's kind of a, still like a helmet type of thing. Um, almost like he's got fangs though. Um, but yeah. Yeah, he's, he's in this sort of helmet thing that covers part of his chin, has like red goggles on it, still has that, still has like the pointy ears, but they look, you know, more, um, you know, practical where they look almost like they're supposed to be antennae or, or, some, or something yes. like that. And, um, horns in the back. And, um, this looks more like, what they were doing with the movie where it was like, Oh, like his suit comes from Oscorp tech. Cause this looks like, you know, tech stuff for the military, uh, like a movie version of tech stuff for the military, which is what they said his stuff was supposed to be for. Uh, so interesting. I don't like it as much as what we saw from Manser with that, uh, you know, that first mask. I think that's still the winner, but yeah, this is yeah. interesting to look at. It's a lot more like techie for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't hate it, but it's just like, it would be better. This approach would be better with another character, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's uh, a good alternate, maybe, for another universe. Just not the main first outing. It's okay. It could be a case, too, where they were saying, like, hey, like, because of the expressiveness of the face, you can only really pull it off by not covering up Willem Dafoe's face so much. So let's just make it mostly his face, but still, yeah. like this, maybe this was a compromise um, from Cardin. Yeah, I can see that. So uh, interesting to look at for sure. Here's another look, different take as well. Uh, a little bit more traditional in terms of the silhouette, but the way that it's designed, the specific components are a little different. We have, you know, spaces of like green, I guess it's almost like, you know, if you were an actual goblin, it'd be like his skin is showing. Uh, and like different yeah. pieces of armor showing that and a purple glider uh, and stuff. Very hardcore. Um, but yeah, almost this this embraces the goblin thing because this yeah. almost looks like, this looks more like uh, if Defoe was in like prosthetic makeup to look like an actual goblin as opposed to a guy in a suit. Uh, I don't hate it. I think, I mean, it's got the colors, right? I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just okay. I'd like to see a cool. more close look, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's something kind of fun about this, I think. So, yeah, not not bad. I think it's yeah. good. Yeah, I, I, I again, I like the uh, the comic booky aspects 
to it, especially with the uh, you know the way that the the mask kind of looks here, um, and just the overall look too. The silhouette looks very like gobliny in a way that the the one in the final movie doesn't quite match. Yeah, I feel like ten percent out of my element with Spider Man. To be honest. <laughs> like with Batman and Superman, I'm like I feel a lot more in the pocket. But uh, like, hopefully, I'm not just saying, "Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's good." You know, like I don't know. I I'm getting a little well, bit I mean, subconscious are, about that. But these are cool designs. Uh, you know, like this is them just playing around with shit, and some of the stuff looks better than what we got in the movie, even though the movie is a classic. I I feel like you know maybe it's a little bit. I, maybe normally I would say it's a little bit over-designed, but I don't know. It kind of works for me, actually. It's, it's like not, right at the edge of it, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it's just organic-looking, too, which I which I think is good. Like, mm-hmm. maybe you can get away with a little bit more. Of the, I don't know. You know, if it's get away with it more if it's a little bit more organic-looking rather than mechanical. I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, potentially. Um, it's a little bit of a more... This is like a closer look of a similar thing, I think. Uh, not quite Could the be. same. When I look at the knees, the knees are a little different when I go back and forth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, a little bit more almost steampunkish in some ways, too, to me. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Another one. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's good. <laughs> I, I like, I mean, I like the armor. It, it works. It's fun. It's a... Uh... You know, I don't know. It, if this was if this was what they chose, I'd be I would have been okay with that too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because I think there's a criticism. Oh yeah, there's another version of. CD See, this is worse. Assault. Yeah, this is. <laughs> to me, this is a definite. No offense to the artist, but it, oh this is just. God. It's a definite worse. <laughs> like this is better, and the one before it is like. I mean, this is cool. You yeah, know, this, this is, is solid cool. as hell. This is cool, and then we get to this. Yeah, this is a this kind of a no go. Like, uh, this is this is too much on the tech. This does not look like a goblin at all. This just looks like a random dude in a suit. Right? This guy could be like Bugman. Yeah. Some guy that Spider-Man takes out in like two seconds. Like he doesn't ground, look like the Green Goblin. Ground his glider, dude. This is just a, this is no go. Yeah. Uh, then there's the other one, which is. This is still a no, man. It? I don't yeah. know. What is I, it about I, they wanted to see a different approach, so I get it. They're mm-hmm. like, we got this other one. Let's see another one. Yeah. You know, let's go another direction just to see it. Uh, so I, I know why they made these drawings and shit, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't go with this. They went too much on this one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this is one of the worst. <laughs> it's like Golden Age kind of shit. This <laughs> one could be a good kite, man, if we switch the glider with the kite. Yeah, it's just... This is so, yeah, it's like, I know Spider-Man came out in what, the Silver Age? But uh, this could have been been a Golden Age, you know, Green Goblin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. That helmet looks like Steve Rogers, dude. There's no Goblin-esque type of thing. I mean, they went way too far with the, like, the realism aspect. Loses the fun entirely. Yeah, Yeah. the movie version is definitely better than this. Yeah, this this is easily worse. Yeah. Uh, similar thing. This is like a green Tron suit. Uh, yeah, this like definitely looks a lot like glider. it. Yeah, I don't like this yeah, either. What's the deal with the glider? Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out too. It's almost like it's coming apart in some ways. I guess it's just it's just not smooth. Like it's it's not the sleek design you would want with the glider. Yeah, it's it looks like it's <laughs> no offense, man, to any artists out there, but it just looks like it's from a different. 
it's like a different art style almost. Maybe that's yeah. the point. Yeah. I don't know. Because they're playing but around, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's not. It's just this one's not that good. Yeah. No. Um, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> was, this is better than the other one, though. But yeah, it's still it's not little... like not the best we've seen. His, his face <laughs> does look like a goblin. Yeah. He does look like... <sighs> Dude... Yeah, like, I can see like Defoe a, in this. It's just not what I would prefer. It looks like he's like flying on a cap shield. Yeah, I know, right? That too. Like the glider's not a glider anymore. It's like he's on a disc. Yeah, they they wanted like a hover pad looking thing. They wanted. I think they were. They probably thought that was more realistic or something. Yeah. And they're like, no, nah, let's just do the fucking glider, dude. Yeah, no, it would have been so much worse if they went with something yeah. like this. Yeah. Um, this I thought was cool to include from uh, Carson. So this is uh, maybe it is Carson. Hold on. Uh, oh yeah, it is Carson. Sorry. Uh, okay. Yes. So this is the Green Goblin in the Daily Bugle, actually in like the bullpen area because he does cool. crash through the window in order to, uh, you know, interrogate uh, interrogate uh, Jameson at that point, but you don't really see him flying around, you know, inside the bullpen and stuff. He only just shows up in the office. So this is kind of cool to see, like, what if. And he whisks by J. Jonah Jameson's uh, cigar. <laughs> and it goes out. Yeah, it goes out. Yeah, that would have been cool. Fun, yeah. Uh, all right, so this is now Miles Tevis. Miles Tevis also worked on the Schumacher Batman films. So uh, okay is now working on the uh, Spider-Man stuff. This is the suit. Now we're looking at something more traditional, as we can see, but really defined musculature, which clearly Tevis can, uh, you know, is specializing in, since he also had the very anatomically correct, uh, you know, bat suits and Robin suit uh, in this one. So yeah. uh, this is close to what we got in the movie, it feels. Uh, we got kind of that raised webbing that I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's cool. That's is this the only well. movie with the raised webbing? Uh, the only interpretation, you know, because uh, right. I think Toby, all of Toby's suits have that raised webbing. But then right. once it went to um, Andrew Garfield, I don't think it was, it feels like it was not as pronounced as it. I think it was still right. raised, but not, and it, it was black too. So like even it was um, raised, it was like probably not raised as much, or it didn't seem like it was raised as much due to uh, the silver uh, on it. Dude. Uh, I mean, the silver on the, the McGuire one versus the black. I need Garfield to fight Venom, dude. They're both Sony. <laughs> like, oh, dude, it'd be so Universe sick. Tom Hardy. Yes, man. That's like the only way Sony can redeem themselves at this point. I know. <laughs> Just wait for Craven and Madam Web. Can't wait for those <laughs> movies. I remember I told you, like, Craven got pushed. And you're just like, <laughs> oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> To sound that's awful, isn't it? Yes, it is. Craven, what we always wanted. <laughs> yes. Goddamn Craven movie. <laughs> Who the fuck is gonna be next, man? Like, God, I've met, got Madam Web. Like, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, let's see, Bar from Miles Tevis. But yeah, it looks like this general aesthetic is what they went with. Um, very muscular or lean musculature uh, yes. on Spider-Man here with the raised webbing. Um, another attempt at the at the uh, web shooters again, kind of cool here because it almost looks like it's the spider inside the web on his forearm. Actually, so, that is cool. Yeah, that is cool. And all the web leads to that. It's sick. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's almost like there's a spider on his arm that's shooting out the webs. 
through yes. him. Yes. So that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Now we get into Goblin. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is very techy, as we can see uh, in terms of just like the little intricacies of, of everything. You can kind of see that uh, it's still meant to be a helmet, though. You can see the human eyes through the eye slits. It also says Green Goblin makeup using actor's mouth. I'm guessing that means that like they would find some way to hook it up to his mouth so that it would move um, at the same time yeah. as when the actor is moving. Yeah. Um, and then the ears are a lot more closer to like goblin ears as opposed to like the techie looking ones that we saw earlier. Um, so I like the again, big ears. Cool. I-, I want the organic ears. I think they're cool. Yeah. Yeah, me too. This is, uh, uh, you know what? I like it. Yeah, cool. this is much it's better of... than the Bugman, Kite Man type of look oh, yeah. from earlier. There's a lot of personality here. This looks feels like a fully realized drawing to me. I like about this and some of the others we saw where like it's a nice. Well, maybe there's a little too over the top, but it's like a, it's a mix of what could see, come off as like a real goblin mixed with tech. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this one too. This is cool. Yeah. Really cool. The back of him is almost. Well, this is interesting. It's it's like the back horn area goes so far back and then like connects to like some sort of like jetpack thing on his back or something. Yeah, I don't know what's. I don't know look what's at his going fingers. He's got the big big goblin fingers, man. I don't know. Yeah, they, they kind of have it like he's like mutated a little bit, which kind of yeah. would have been cool. But I wonder how that would work in story. But you know, I don't know. I guess yeah, that would work. You know, because yeah. he's already injected himself with a serum. You've already got Peter with organic web shooters, so like, yes, I guess it would yes. make sense. Because, you know, we got some version of that with the Dane DeHaan version in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, but I'm glad we right. got what we got when it came to Goblin being a guy in a suit so you can have the traditional version of Green Goblin right out of the gate being the Goblin that people grew up with. And then, you know, the Garfield films can experiment with, you know, that take, which was not nearly as successful, obviously, but, like, I give them props for like trying something different because they knew they couldn't just do like, well, let's just put some other actor in the suit and do the same exact thing. And, but it's not Willem Dafoe, you know, right. so they tried something different. Didn't quite work, but I'm, I'm glad it was different. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, this is okay. What, you know, they mm-hmm. were, tr- they were trying to figure it out. Yeah. So, uh, before, I mean, uh, after we get back from the break, uh, we do have a major artist who worked on this film for the concept art. Many of you know already that that artist was Alex Ross. So we're going to cover the Alex Ross concept art for Spider-Man 2002 after the break. Welcome, everyone, to the August announcements. We have a lot to uh, to share with you uh, coming up this month. So let's get to it. As you know, we have a Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod uh, <laughs> we use the money for this towards you know our recording space and stream yard that you've seen here in all our episodes you know our server our website you know our, our assistant daniel mott who does all the visuals and thumbnails for us so we are currently sitting at a little less than 200 a month right now we'd love to get to 300 a month which would cover everything for us from month to month um, if more people join the patreon and we reach $300 a month in Patreon, we will celebrate that by covering one of our most requested episodes, Superman Lives, which would have been directed by Tim Burton and starring, as we see, Nicolas Cage. So that is our goal, to hit $300 a month on Patreon. You can be help us get there by joining any of the Patreon tiers at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. 
and uh, you know help us out for that. It'll be an absolute Superman lives bonanza multi-parter. Oh yes. So you, you know <laughs> so you get your money's stuff. worth. Yeah, yes. we'll. Don't worry. We'll go. We'll cover the <laughs> shit out of it. We yes. just want to get to that new goal. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you everyone who's already part of the Patreon as well. Uh, in the meantime, some uh, upcoming stuff that uh, you guys might want to be on the lookout for. I will have a guest appearance uh, this month on the podcast, Flashbacks, a Flash Rewatch podcast from one of our friends and Patreon patrons, Alex Ramsey. Uh, and we're going to discuss the Man in the Yellow Suit episode from season one, which was the very first appearance of the Reverse Flash on the CW show, at least the Reverse Flash in costume, since he was already kind of part of the show before that. But yes, that'll be uh, <laughs> what we cover. And uh, I'll likely be on Alex's Night of the Batman podcast at some point as well. But I'll let you guys know. All right. So uh, moving forward, uh, you've heard about this before, but we'll repeat again. We are executive producers and co-stars in an award-winning now, it's an award-winning independent short film by Jeffrey Scott Richards. You can support the film over at the GoFundMe link that will be uh, in the description below as well as what's on screen. But you can also watch it now at the Multi-Dimension Independent Film Festival website. Uh, that link will also be in the description, but you can check it out. It is a, uh, it features pretty much us in an exclusive recording. It is a superhero stuff, uh, you should know, episode we recorded for the movie in which we talk about Derek Magnum, who in the short is a, um, is a director of comic book movies. So we talk about Derek uh, in that and uh, kind of serve as the narrator and exposition through a superhero stuff you should know episode. So... Um, a great use of us, I think, personally. So uh, check yes. that out over at, uh, over at uh, basically the site is mdiff.net slash Derek hyphen Magnum. So uh, that is what we got for it was, uh, our shorts. Go ahead. It was an honor to be part of this. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if you could support them and support, you know, it's, it's, it's just very expensive to make a movie. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if you could just check out his GoFundMe, that'd be great. Yeah. And um, and uh, thanks to thanks to him, we are now award-winning producers, executive producers. Yes, <laughs> on stuff on our IMDb. But uh, yeah, just sending the films through film festivals is uh, not cheap. So the GoFundMe goes towards the cost there, and, and it will support the movie. Again, it'll go towards the movie, and it'll go to Jeffrey. It will not go to us. We're good. We got our Patreon. <laughs> uh, so uh, just to <laughs> yeah. clarify that. Yes, yes. Over to Andrew. On you've got something big coming up this month. Okay, so speaking of, uh, you know, indie film uh, and the future is, is Kickstarter, I feel like, an Indiegogo. So this is Metal Force. This is, uh, again, this is, think of R-rated Power Rangers meets Stranger Things. A little bit of X-Files. Uh, Green Room, that 824 horror film where Patrick Stewart is a, is a villain, is a neo-Nazi. Mm. No neo-Nazis in ours, but <laughs> uh, but there's a punk band in that movie and there's a metal band in ours. So that's another one I've been meaning to tell people. There's a little bit of green room in there. Anyway, Metal Force is a film I'm working on mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be, we're going to have a booth at Japan World Heroes Convention. That's in the Burbank Marriott Convention Center, August 18th through 20th. We will have a little bit of stickers and stuff to, to, that'll be on sale and um, just say, hey, and we're going to officially launch the Kickstarter then. Uh, Metalforce.ninja, www.metalforce.ninja. That is our website. That is our URL. If you go there, there's a Kickstarter link there as well. 
you can yeah you can find the kickstarter there and, and get on the pre-launch page and sign up for pre-launch uh before we launch it on the 18th and uh so far as of this recording we got 75 so if you want to kick us up mm. into 100 uh that'd be cool uh and yeah you know it's uh, this is going to c- connect to the next slide but it just feels like hollywood has failed us and so mm. i feel like kickstarter and uh indiegogo and gofundme and all these are just really great avenues for for filmmakers now and um you know like the bat and the sun guy's been doing it for a while a lot of people have been doing it mm-hmm. and i am gonna be part of that <laughs> so yes. with some friends mm-hmm. so so yeah stay tuned metal force if you like power rangers and stranger things did you ever wish power rangers got darker did you want blood? Did you want limbs being ripped off? Metal Force. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. <laughs> and uh, moving on, we have our August charity that we'd like to share. Yes. So it's the Entertainment Community Fund. This is to help uh, starving artists. No, I mean, hopefully they're not starving. But, pe- well, some of them might be uh, people that are affected by the strike. We're not all, I mean, personally, I am too, but I I have another gig that's kind of helping me out. But there's some people that don't have that extra gig and people that aren't part of the union that don't have the strike fund. The unions have a strike fund that helps that help support them during that, which is great. I am pro-union, but some other people, some other people and people that I know also are affected by this that aren't part of the union they don't get the strike fund money so this entertainment community fund uh helps to support them so this is our charity for this month please go to entertainmentcommunity.org and if you could donate anything that would be great yep for sure so yeah please visit entertainmentcommunity.org donate what you can and help out those who uh, you know are part of so many of these movies and TV shows that uh, we talk about and that we know that you guys love yes so I think that is it for the August announcements just wanted to announce that I have a new podcast called Gaming Gaiden. It's about Japanese to English translation in this first season. It will be 10 episodes each season. If you saw the ranking, every Superman video game two-parter we did here on Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you have seen Mike before. So yes, if you like video games, if you've been interested in Japanese ever, we're going to be talking a lot about just Japan in general. Japanese cultural differences as well and we also are going to have a lot of talk about 90s video game magazines such as Electronic Gaming Monthly aka EGM so stay tuned for Gaming Gaiden Podcast it's already out now y'all I want to tell you about the Patreon.com Patreon.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod and on that you get the $1 tier uh, you can join the $1 tier, which gets you the shout-out on the board, and either visually or orally, or both at times. Uh, <laughs> we want to do the oral uh, for the most part uh, for newer people. Uh, and then the $5 tier gets you a whole new show. Uh, this show is every Monday, as you well know, and it's free on YouTube and the What's Nots. And... Um, <laughs> The uh, Patreon show is every Friday at the $5 tier mark. You can, if you want, binge us 
for five mm -hmm. bucks. And uh, there's like 150 episodes, uh, almost 150 at this point. And you can, uh, you know, listen to all that content there. Even the stuff that's been released from the vault, none of that has been the full episode as well. So mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to keep our uh, $5 tier people happy. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, but yeah, check that out. And then our $10 tier gets you all of the above, plus a... Uh, it gets you a monthly meetup show where you meet up with us monthly and it's like a zoom like call and we have a topic at hand or sometimes videos we react to and things like that and that's at the $10 tier um, every tier that you get like the $5 tier gets you the $1 tier benefits and the $10 tier gets you the $5 tier benefits and the $1 tier benefits so mm -hmm. check that out at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod we also got the merch which is redbubble superhousepod.redbubble.com and on threadless superhero stuff pod.threadless.com get your bin man and indeed wizard mug shirt shower curtains and all the rest artwork by Stephen santa cruz and please send us some audio at superhousepodcast at gmail.com a bumper would be great mm -hmm. you too can be part of the show I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives as my other YouTube channel, one of my many YouTube channels. And I have uh, also ThunderwolfDrew.com has my whole portfolio in one place except for AmanoRecon.com. That's A-M-A-N-O-R-E-C-O-N.com. And that is uh, an original idea that some friends and I are doing where it is R-rated um, Power Rangers meets Stranger Things. That's the quick pitch, and it is not a fan film, original idea. We have a pitch video right now on YouTube and on the Indiegogo page. We're campaigning right now as of this, uh, when this episode premieres, and this poster art is by ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com, and check it out. Please support us on the campaign, and more from that soon. Um, but yes, it's uh, it's bloody, and um, if you like that kind of thing, check us out. And that's it, Ben. Follow us on social media on Twitter at Superhouse Pod, Instagram Superhero Stuff Pod, where we have some different supplemental stuff. We even, I've even analyzed the martial arts stance that the Keaton ornament from the Flash is in, so you can check that out on our Instagram Superhero <laughs> Stuff Pod, uh, TikTok Superhero Stuff Pod, Vero Superhero Stuff Pod. My website is benwanrider.com, where you can read a whole bunch of spec scripts, including Gotham, Vampire, Elementary, The Death of Sherlock Holmes, and Curb Your Enthusiasm, Disneyland. If you're fans of any of those shows, check them out and let us know what you think. My YouTube channel is in the description below, including Doctor Who, The Ronin of Time, an audio drama I write, edit, and narrate with the Eighth Doctor, meeting Miyamoto Musashi. My personal Instagram is BenWanRider. If you like cats, my son, Alfie, my cat, is at Alfie Pennyworth Cat. And if you have an Alfie yourself, then you can get the Whisker Box, the only cat box with a crazy cat lady and gent. And you can even check out another page on that website, SuperheroStuffPod.com slash show notes. That includes uh, various show notes for each of our episodes links to the scripts that we review if they're available online amazon links to the stuff we've been talking about including you know brian levant's book that he plugged for us my life and toys so check that out at superhero stuffpod.com slash show notes lord have mercy y'all do you like hounds do you enjoy pooches 
Do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all. As you might have heard, Superhero Stuff You Should Know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. That must be his brother, Jean-Claude Van Damme. We are back, and so is Spider-Man. So, we promised after the break <laughs> we would show you Alex Ross's concept art, and here we are. Many of you have probably already seen it. Andrew is splooging all over the camera. So, ah! let's go over the... <laughs> okay, let's go over to... <laughs> That's how I splooge <laughs> every time. My wife loves it. That's why we got married. Yes. So, so Alex <laughs> Ross... Ah! <laughs> You okay there? I'm Andrew's now. having a good time. So, <laughs> as he's resting and having a cigarette, I will cover yeah. the concept <laughs> art. I should have that. Do you smoke after sex? I don't know. I never looked. <laughs> so, uh, no we have... This is a very... This is a unique design here. So, we're playing around, once again, with red and black. I don't know what came first. The Alex Ross stuff or the Warren Manser stuff. Maybe... It's one where Ross did this, and they've tried to play around with it, and Manser did what we saw earlier. But uh, we do have the black and red. Uh, the spider, in contrast to what we saw in the Manser one, is huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all over his uh, his midsection there. Uh, the, the web shooters are very apparent with the, uh, the red web shooters on his wrist. Um, you even see a mix of black and red. Uh, as well around, well, I mean, everywhere. <laughs> but I mean, just on the, the side of his hands, uh, which is cool. Yes. So uh, this is a design that's uh, kind of well-known, I would think. And uh, we have another look here. He's got the web wings in this picture, mm -hmm. uh, 2001. Something that we would not really get to see until uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. Um, more designs here in black and white. Uh, but uh, it's, you know, it's Alex Ross. He's one of the greats. So... It is cool that he got to be such a part of uh, these movies because we get to the second one and he does the opening credit sequence. Um, so that's, uh, you know, it, it's really awesome he was able to be a part of this and incorporate the comics in some way. Uh, now, I know we talked about this before when Zach was on the show and we covered the unmade spider suits and we wondered what was going on here. This is somebody, uh, this was actually somebody who was at the premiere of Spider Man 2 in a costume resembling. The, uh, the Alex Ross concept art and stuff. And you have another picture That's here cool. with somebody in the, the McGuire suit. So it is cool to sort of honor the uh, the original Alex Ross design. That's cool. Now we get Alex Ross's Goblin. And he went full out on the Goblin side of things. A little less with the tech, uh, but more on the Goblin side. I'm not really sure how this would have worked outside of just prosthetic makeup. Like this is not a helmet type of situation here. Uh, well, he inje he injects himself, right? Like you said, he yeah he doesn't you know back to formula like yeah he yeah. injects himself and stuff. So it could be that they went with the ultimate Spider-Man route where he kind of becomes more of a monster. I kind of like that man. Although I guess it means he can't ever go back. Well, unless if he's they do like, a Hulk thing, got an antidote you know? kind of thing, or he's all yeah like a junkie. He's he's taken one to become the Goblin and take another one to become human again. Yeah, but but yeah, that'd be kind of cool. But uh, 
but yeah, I I, I like I kind of like it more than the mask. I think. Really. Mm. Yeah. I uh, I think they were playing around. I don't know. This almost looks like Robin Hood uh, in this. <laughs> but, it's again like a European thing. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, I I kind of like it. I mean, it looks a little bit more. It looks young, like younger than. It looks like a early twenties or late teens or kind kind of villain. If or this something. was a Harry Osborn, yeah. Goblin, you know, if this was the Sun, this would be a better. Actually, yeah, this would have been a way better something for the James Franco one than what we got in the third movie. The third movie, yeah. they want more tech. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of a fan. I mean, that's a lot of leg there, but you know, uh, it's kind of cool. It's luscious legs, Norman Osborn there. <laughs> Robin would be jealous. <laughs> Uh, this is actually, let me go back for a second. I think you see a G on his like knapsack thing. Oh, bro. You got to man <laughs> for branding. Yes. You got to brand the green goblin shit. Uh, but yeah, this is Alex Ross and the glider. Now this is more, um, this looks like more of a futuristic thing. It says, uh, proposed Alex Ross, green goblin and sled. Uh, so this is cool. I do prefer it just being, you know, there's no thing for his hands where it's just yeah. literally him yeah. on like a, you know, snowboard, skateboard type of thing, but this is yeah. kind of cool too. It's almost like Star Wars esque sort of look to it. Can but can you believe those exist now? So many yeah. years of this comic, <laughs> and like due to it's essentially a drone on his feet, but still, it's like kind of it though. And there's people yeah. that did like cosplay with this kind of shit. Like to me, I always thought that would be one of those things that would take longer to make like a hovercraft mm. type of thing mm. but fucking it, it straight up exists like it's barely even sci-fi anymore oscorp is real yeah it's so crazy i mean the goblin part is still comic booky but the actual glider shit is straight up real i mm-hmm. can't it's just it's just unbelievable yeah it's it's no longer uh in the world of fantasy anymore yeah it's kind of like oh of course he has that he's yeah. rich enough to have something like that of course he has that you know, Future. it doesn't have that same wonder to it. Like kids these days, probably not even like that. Like it's not even that big of a deal to them. Right. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's wild, man. It's wild. It is. So uh, this is the Alex Ross stuff. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it's cool. And uh, it's definitely different than what we got. Mm-hmm. So we're going to end on the stuff. I know Andrew and I were talking about this offline. The Stan Winston uh Basically, Stan Winston's company worked on the Green Goblin. A proposed makeup test was done as well. Many of you probably already know this, especially if you're fans of the movie, but we have a lot to show when it comes to this. So we got something that looks a lot more traditional in development. See, this looks, except for the eyes, maybe, um, uh, looks pretty much close to what we got in the comics. You know, in this case, the eyes being close to what we got in the movie, where they're just kind of, you know, opaque. You don't really see anything behind them. Uh, on this, but uh, well, that's just they just don't normally sculpt that either. I think true, true, just, but I that's that's true. Whole... That's true in the final version. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. So, got a little bit more here, and this is them beginning to put it on um, whoever they're going to have to test it. It's not Willem Dafoe, uh, but someone else who is wearing this prosthetic makeup that is designed to have basically solve the problem that we were talking about earlier, where in the comics. You know, it's supposed to be a mask, but it's a mask that, like, really fits his face well because he's able to be expressive and shit with it. 
and uh, they weren't really able to translate that over into the movie. But this was a proposed idea to do just that, where whatever happens on the mask on the outside reflects what's going on on the inside on the actual actor. Um, So here we got a little closer to that. Uh, The big organic uh, goblin ears, the purple sort of hood thing in the back for that kind of horn that he's got. Uh, and uh, we've got this guy walking around, uh, also a different type of suit as well. You can't really see it very well in these pictures, but you'll see it uh, in a bit. Uh, but this type of look would have been really cool, though. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's a little bit of a mix, too, because I'm just like, how would this have worked on Willem Dafoe? Because this is obviously not Dafoe on this. Yeah. Uh, but just a picturing Dafoe's voice coming out of this thing, saying some of the lines that he had in the movie. Is, uh, is awesome. And then, you know, the fangs themselves, instead of them being built into, like, the mask, this is more looking like fangs um, that he has or is developed in this part. Uh, and as you can see, it's very expressive. He's gone from looking very, you know, angry. Uh, he looks almost shocked and saddened in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and stuff, but it's, it's supposed it's to be very cool. expressive. Yeah. Um, and so we have uh, Dan found for us this animatronic test. Uh, stuff. I'm just going to skip around a little bit on this, but uh, you guys can kind of see the movement uh, that we have here. And uh, it's pretty impressive, really. Uh, it's kind yeah, of it sad that cool. we didn't end up seeing it. But yeah, he can deliver lines, he can talk, uh, he can have all sorts of expressions on it, and it's pretty freaky. Um, and, you know, a lot of people kind of wish that some version of this made it into the movie uh, or so. And um, I'm kind of mixed on it. You know, even though I really like it, I think it's really awesome, but it's, you know, it is a movie that is, there's something still iconic about the final design, even if I think that some of the other ones here are better. So it's just kind of tough for me to picture the 2002 Spider-Man movie with this mask, you know? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen it completely done. Like, I feel like the back of his head is unfinished here. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, if it, I think he kind of needs the full getup. He needs the like the hood, the back hood thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, his suit looks like probably what they were like near complete. Maybe always oh, like, well, at least the top half. Because when they do this big reveal, yeah, he's in a suit, <laughs> he's right, right, a, right, in a shirt underneath. Like if it, we would seen like a full deal with him on a glider with a pumpkin bomb. Oh yeah, you know that would have been kind of cool to see. I wonder about. The eyes, would they have CG'd the eyes a little more? Because, like, it's just being those orange mm-hmm. ovals. It's a little bit, I don't know, man. I know it's like, looks more like the comic, but you don't, I don't know. You don't get, you, you don't, you get a lot of expression, but not with the eyes there. But I'm not yeah. sure what they would have done. I mean, we didn't get a ton either in the movie, except for that one scene where he doesn't have the lenses on. So you can kind of see the foe's face. Um, in a couple of times yeah. where he doesn't have it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's weird, right? Like, this is more comic accurate. It is really cool. It's just tough for me to picture this in the final movie. Um, again, like, this is, this is sort of the thing that comes up, right, is that there's always this allure of Whoa. what if. Ooh, yeah, this is cool. This uh, is pretty cool. There's this, always the allure of, of what if, but also there's kind of a thing where, like, you are fundamentally changing um, something that's such a part of everybody's, uh, especially with a movie like this or Batman 89, like people grew up with these movies. So to yeah. change that aspect of it, like how would that look like? It's kind of just hard to wrap your head around, just like it's hard for me to, even though, you know, I've 
we've been talking a lot about the Sam Hamm Batman 89 draft. That's very different from what we got in the movie. So this and came it's out. It's kind of tough to picture that. First McGuire came out in 02, right? Yeah. Okay. So this is an, I know I always bring this up with Spider-Man, but mm. four years is a lot when you're a kid. Like I was, I was 18. Mm. You were what, 14? Like, I, I just feel like, I mean, I was young, but I don't feel like I grew up with the McGuire movies. I was right. already grown, you know? So uh, I feel like I have a little bit different attachment to these films than, than maybe you do. Right. Um, I mean, I like them, especially I think I like the second one the most. Uh, yeah, with Doc Ock. Mm -hmm. uh, with, yeah, Michael Chabon. Why the fuck is Michael Chabon Pulitzer Prize winning The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay writing ass motherfucker not writing more uh, superhero movies? Anyway, I digress. that's all I he wanted to do. He's just like, I did it. Spider-Man. <laughs> Look up problem. Michael... <laughs> Michael Chabon, man, he wrote this fictionalized version of Siegel and Schuster, essentially, called mm -hmm. The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Yeah. And uh, that won a Pulitzer for him. But, yeah, he just wrote this one and then and then left. Uh, I guess he's done. That's all he wanted to do. I don't know. More power to him, you know? More power to him, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I love the second one probably the most. But... Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I mean I like I I do like them a lot. And I think Raimi was the perfect guy, and I'm glad he went mm -hmm. kind of bookie as hell on the whole thing. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just I find I find our age differences on this one interesting for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> right, this, this knowledge is not quite the same on this so, one. So like it's a little easier yeah. than for you to picture this goblin, the one that we just saw with the makeup test and stuff in the movie. It might be easier for you to envision. That I think I think I'm a little bit less attached to it than you are, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to to the one we got. I mean, I, I like the one we mm -hmm. got, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but it would have been interesting to see about this one as well. I don't know, Definitely. but we didn't yeah. get it. That's another universe that got that movie. Yeah. Maybe someday, someday there'll be a version of Goblin where they do this type of mask. Probably not the exact same one, obviously, because this is from Stan Winston in like 2001. So they're probably yes. not like keeping that around just in case somebody wants to use it someday. Yes, uh, but yes. something that's oh, like yeah. that, that could use this technology, uh, that could be cool. Yes, that'd be awesome. So uh, let us know, guys, in the comments section, which ones you like the most with the time codes and, uh, you know, or if you just prefer the ones in the movie the best. That's fair, too, I think. Uh, but uh, this is the this is pretty much our dive into the Spider-Man 2002 unused concept art. Uh, and I think our favorite, I mean, our favorites are probably this latest goblet mask and that first goblet mask. Yeah, the first one, it was cool. I did like yeah. that one a lot. Yeah. That was awesome. So, I would have been interested to see them try to bring that one to life too. It's, it's a lot more like old Euro vibe and less techy. Yeah. For sure. But, and maybe slightly dark for this film but i don't know I mean, but i did like it the most design Maybe. wise i guess there's just certain characters where if the character is trying to be like creature like batman or green goblin i prefer it not to look that tech like yeah you know? yeah yeah as yeah. opposed to like doc ock i'm just like you knock yourself out with the tentacles they're not supposed yeah. to be like real tentacles so you can they can look as techy as whatever right uh, right stuff. right but with with goblin i'm just like hmm like it shouldn't look like I think the one in the movie, like, yes, it's more on the tech side. And maybe this is nostalgia talking, but I'm just like, I think 
they did just enough without going too overboard with it, uh, without making it too much like what we saw earlier with those like kite man looking ones. We're just like, okay, that's just literally some guy in a green tech outfit that doesn't yeah. has no goblin yeah. aesthetic at all to it. Like they they found some way to balance that out. Um, right. And you know maybe they could have added more of the comic book type of stuff. They just didn't you know for whatever reason. I'm not really sure why they didn't they didn't go with the Stan Winston one. Uh, but uh, for whatever reason, I think what we got in the movie uh, was just enough, just comic booky enough, just tech enough, just the right balance or so, uh, without really ruining anything, or without it, sort right. of, without the tech stuff kind of ruining the whole aesthetic they were going for. Right. So, uh, and with that, that is superhero stuff you should know. Big thanks to Dan for gathering the visuals and all the concept art for the YouTube experience. Uh, we are going to move forward into the fan comments. So, uh, we got an email from Paul saying, Hi guys, I've attached a media post about Snyder's plan to end his movie series with Flashpoint. Did you know about this? Can you verify or debunk as rumor only? Cheers, Paul. Uh, so, this is a post from, uh, from one of those uh, fan Instagram sites that sort of regurgitates a lot of fan news that aren't necessarily true. So, I can understand your uh, skepticism, Paul. Uh, but this is actually true. So uh, Jay Oliva, who did the, um, he directed the Dark Knight Returns animated movies, uh, The Flashpoint Paradox, uh, he worked with Snyder as well as Ben Affleck on a lot of these movies and um, kind of revealed recently last week that there was going to be an idea of uh, like continuing further beyond uh, the Justice League movies and it's sort of ending in a Flashpoint sort of thing and uh, also including the reverse Flash Eobard Thawne and stuff. Those were kind of the main details that Oliver revealed. I know a lot of people are saying, like, oh, man, look at what we missed. But, again, it's it's one of those without looking at execution. It's like, well, of course that would be cool. You know, like, of course, a more faithful adaptation of Flashpoint that was a little bit maybe more earned in the way leading up to it uh, would have been cool. But, you know, we can only speculate on what if right now until, like, actual outlines or scripts are leaked out. I think the execution is the key. Because there's probably some alternate universe where this ended up happening, but then somebody found out about the Muschietti version and wished that that version happened because, you know, it had Michael Keaton's Batman coming back. So, so my God. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But, like, just going off of what little information we have, yeah, it could have been cool. How would it have been executed? No idea. But thanks, Paul, for that. Thank you. Uh, this is from E2JH. It's the best way I can pronounce the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Again, YouTube no changed their settings. So, like, now we go off of the uh, more of the handles rather than the usernames that you guys Great. have chosen. So uh, he says, you guys should take a look at Spider-Man No Way Home's art book as well. A lot of interesting stuff there. Um, I've seen a few of those that have been going around recently. There's, like, a more Iron Man-esque Green Goblin look for Defoe. Uh, a more traditional Doc Ock look for Molina's Doc Ock. So that'll be cool. But yeah, I mean, if these Spider-Man ones do well, we might as well just continue and do all of them. You know, everything yes, exactly. from McGuire, Garfield, and uh, Tom Holland. That should take us through uh, maybe the end of the year. <laughs> Throw in Spider-Verse while we're at it. So That is true. Uh, but yeah, we picked a, another character who has multiple interpretations. So, uh, but thank you. We'll, we'll probably get to No Way Home at some point anyway. Oh, the uh, best Spider-Man movie. That's my, I don't. I don't know. If that's, that's a hot take. I love No Way Home. I love it too. 
I think there was one of the, I don't know, for some reason the internet then decided to shit on it after like a month or two after it was out. Oh, fuck them. That was a great movie. (laughs) Exactly. I'm just like, no, it still holds up. (laughs) Like, I I just don't get, I I think it's just one of those things where like, anybody who, anything that is up has to get knocked down to peg by the internet. That's kind (laughs) of just a general rule. I guess so. That that is out there. So nothing can be too loved. Uh, (laughs) All I need in my life is for Maguire to give him that stern ass look and be like, and, and not saying any words, just with a look saying, you don't want to cross that line. Yes. You know, when he's holding, mm-hmm. holding him back, I, that dude, that movie was already good before that, but it sealed that a deal. The edge. Yeah. But that one fucking look from Maguire, mm-hmm. like, no, you're not doing yeah. that today. Like I love, I dude, I love that scene. Yeah. No, same here. Just, there's so many things to that uh, that third act that could have gone wrong that they were able to balance out well. So Oh, so good. So good. We'll get to it. All right. Mike Martin's 7455 did bring up uh, a correction uh, to ours. So last time when we went over the Batfleck concept art, you asked me if the whole thing about Batman crashing through the window happened in every movie. I didn't yeah. remember it happening in The Dark Knight, but Mike, as well as some other people in the live comments, you know, when the, the episode was set to premiere... Uh, commented on this saying in the dark night he does crash through the window when he's in china well it's hong kong uh going after lao so uh, <laughs> hey we're gonna let the internet decide on that one <laughs> we're not making that we're not making that decision today yes uh, <laughs> as to what but, that is <laughs> yes he crashes through the window so this is interesting though because keaton kilmore clooney um and pattinson go through the skylights they come through the window blast up but Yes, Bale and Affleck go through like they basically go horizontally through windows. Yes, yes, yes. Because Bale, because we said like the the shot of Bale coming down off his cape, his cape open, isn't him crashing through a window. He's just going down from the top of the stairs down to the bottom of the stairs in Arkham. But he does crash through the window again horizontally uh, in the train sequence with Rosalind Ghoul, and he does the same thing here in the building in Hong Kong. So, uh. I can't remember if there's really anything else that he does in The Dark Knight Rises that crashes through the window. Again, Mike, chime in. If uh, are you saying are you saying right now that Pattinson will have to uh, go through a glass floor <laughs> in order to do something different? Do something different. <laughs> he would have uh, to like use the cape maybe. to block the fucking glass coming. <laughs> I guess it's coming down, but I can see that different, happening though, in some least. way. He's like up above and he sees stuff going on and he sets an explosion. I guess it's not that different from him coming through the skylight because he's going through the floor onto something else. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I, the closest thing I can think of is uh, in terms of something happening in the Dark Knight Rises with Batman crashing through something. I mean, he does like kick Bane through the fucking doors, but I don't think he breaks any glass in that. So mm. yeah, let us know because I don't really remember him doing that. And there's a lot less Batman scenes in that one. So there's not like a right. lot to choose from uh, for that. But I could be wrong. But thanks, Mike, for bringing that up. Thank you. All right. On to the shout outs. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. And we want to thank our some of our more recent people that have joined the Patreon. And I got to start with Tita again. Sketchcraft, Kyle P., Derek P., Devin Titbelt, Renee V., and JPF. Please join, especially if you have Tit in your name. Uh, and also, <laughs> uh, we want to thank about the other supporters as well. And uh, we have told you about our friends, and now we would like you to do us a favor. 
We want you to tell all your friends about us. Indeed! <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.